Start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I'm your other host, Susan Fox. And with us today is Madeline Holly Rosing, the creator of Boston Metaphysical. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me on again. I really appreciate it. This is what, your fifth time or sixth sixth time on the show? You're getting to be a regular. We should make you a co-host. Yeah, I think, I think so. But you guys are so generous to have me on the show, and I, I really appreciate it. Well, you're so prolific. You've got another uh, Kickstarter going, and of course, we got to be first in line. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, but this Kickstarter is a little different than all of the rest. Um, it's for our first ever audio drama. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, called The Ghost Ship. Um, it takes place during uh, the time period of the original six-issue miniseries. And for those of you listeners who are not familiar with Boston Metaphysical Society, it's about an ex-Pinkerton detective, a spirit photographer, and a genius scientist who battles supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. So the ghost ship, whenever, you know, it rolls into Boston Harbor with no crew and tattered sails, and anyone who comes on board dies. Wow. Uh-oh. Yeah. So uh, it they have a big job ahead of them. Wow. So that's a great premise. Um, yeah, it actually came from uh, a... I wouldn't call it a spec. It's when I... As you you probably remember, um, Boston Metaphysical started as a, a TV pilot that I wrote at when I was at an MFA, MFA program at UCLA in, in film and TV. But there was another class I took where where we were required to um, write the fifth episode of our series because if you can write the fifth episode of your series, then it proves that it has legs ah, and, uh-huh. and it can continue forward. So the ghost ship. Um, was that fifth episode. And so I went back to it and and, and redid a lot of it. <laughs> for, one, yeah. for one, it was going from visual to audio, but also structurally and, and a lot of other issues. And I brought in, um, you know, Thomas Edison, which wasn't in the original story. Um, but yeah, I just, I adapted it for audio. 
uh, into uh, it's going to be eight episodes, um, a standalone story, and each episode is going to be about thirty minutes long, give or take a few minutes, one way or the other. Uh, but we've got a full cast with special effects and uh, original music, and I was really fortunate in that I was able to get the production team from Sage and Savant. Actually, it's called The Tales of Sage and Savant, which mm-hmm. is an audio drama that was on for four years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Eddie Louise and Chip Michael um, wrote and produced it, also acted in it. Uh, Chip was also the composer, and he's a composer for, for mine as well. And so, you know, they brought all their expertise with them because, of course, I had none. <laughs> and she uh, she was my script editor and, uh, you know, really taught me how to write an audio drama. And um, it was it was a lot of fun just writing in a different format and having to, you know, think of things. So things that wouldn't be just, you know, talking heads, but getting you know, exposition across without it being expository and dealing with sound effects and uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I took a turn at it uh, a few years back. I was working on a, a storyline um, about uh, settlers in the asteroid belt. Oh. And uh, uh, what I found was that you, if you had a narrator, everything sort of stops you know, you can't. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, if you want to paint pictures with words and and set a mood and this kind of thing, you can use a narrator to do that. But it's better if you don't have a narrator at all, and let the characters tell the whole story. Yeah, don't tell me, show me. Yeah, I mean, I do use a narrator, but I try to use her as sparingly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, usually for you know significant changeovers of scenes and, and things like that. And she really did a, a, a marvelous job. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I, I learned and I know if, if, if this, you know, Kickstarter does well, uh, to, you know, to help us produce this, that if, if I write another season, um, you know, it'll just be better because I know how to do this better. And, uh-huh. You know, how to direct, you know, direct actors through the script, you know, more concisely and things like that. So uh, this is not just a one uh, one half hour thing. It's it's a you're doing a whole season from this. Correct. Ah, OK. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now the oh, other no, shoe drops. Just one episode. No, this is all this is the whole thing. I get it. Yeah, this is the whole thing. So you get the whole. The first season is one complete story, eight episodes, and that's what the Kickstarter is is for: is to help fund the the production of that. Oh boy! Wow, this is going to be great. How is this going to be available? Is it like podcast or? Uh, well, variety. Uh, initially, it'll be downloads, flash drives, and uh, CDs for the Kickstarter backers. And uh, eventually, yes, it will be podcast somewhere. I don't know where yet um, because that industry is very fluid right now. People are buying up other people, and I don't want to make any business decisions on such a, a fluid 
business model and and I'll wait till we're completely done and then go see what's out there and and how I want to do this. Yeah, yes, that's um, a good idea. Build your castle on on bedrock, not on sand. I I assume you're talking about paper play. It's possible. I mean, there are other ways of doing it where it's, you know, it's a free download and then we get sponsors. Mhm. Um to, you know, to help monetize it in the long run, uh, depending on how many downloads we get. Um, there are other ways that, yeah, it's a, you know, a subscription service that people buy into and they get their, you know, sort of, you know, you know, like Libro FM, where uh-huh. you can get audiobooks and if you buy a year membership, you get credits and discounts. Yeah. You know, there's so many different models out there that I just really haven't decided yet which way we're going to go. That sounds like a marketing challenge. It's it's uh I agree with you. The whole the whole industry is in so much flux that it's it's difficult to uh to formulate uh, a firm plan of attack in terms of uh distribution for something like this. You know, obviously, yeah. you know, you got yeah. uh I think Hulu is now doing audio releases. Who 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 they just are? did who just did the Neil Gaiman uh, audio version of of Sandman? No, oh, I'd have to go look that up. I thought it was the BBC. So. I it might have been done through Audible. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, think it was. I think it was. Guys, so you can't go wrong with them. They're not going to get bought up by anyone else. They're they're going to buy the others. No, they're gobbling up everybody else. Yeah, Engulf and Devour Incorporated. We'll see what their contracts look like by then. But that's true. <laughs> Yeah, we'll 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 see. Um, but yeah, like it is the the business is in such flux right now, and everyone says like, oh, where am I going to be able to download? It's like, well, I haven't made that decision yet, and and I won't for a while. Until, yeah, until the until the backers get everything. Uh huh. I would be I would be very interested in working out something with you in terms of uh, broadcasting it on Sci-Fi Radio. But you know, we we'll cross See, there's, that. There's another market right there. That <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but it's it's uh, uh, you know our situation. We're we're totally listener supported, and it's hand to mouth every month. Yeah, yeah so. we have no budget, but <laughs> yeah. And, but so I that. say I say we we you know broadcast some of it and say if you want the rest, donate. Here's here's the Kickstarter. Well, yeah, we could do that, or 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 work. You know, we can figure something out. I think we are clever bunnies. I'm I'm, I'm sure we can. I, we we will have a, a clip on the uh, uh, the Kickstarter homepage, so people uh-huh. will be able to listen to a, a completed version. We haven't decided yet how how much of that will be. You know, right now because I know this broadcast will be the, the, the Kickstarter will have already launched but um we'll probably have at least you know either five to 15 minutes of the first episode up Uh uh well and we will have by the time we launch uh all of the voice tracks will be laid for all eight episodes and quite possibly all of the special effects Mm -hmm. um but not the music. So well, through the magic of uh, through the magic of time travel, you know, we we <laughs> might just be able to present some of it right here, right now. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> and he drops the audio in when he and I drop the audio in right here. 
Welcome to the Boston Metaphysical Society Kickstarter to produce our new audio drama, The Ghost Ship. We hope you enjoy the following audio clip from the production. for me to be heading home before Ma thinks I'm off Kavartin with the devil. Your mother still thinks you're working as a maid? Aye. Uh, it'd be better if she don't know I've taken over Da's old job. She still blames you for his passing, Mr. Hunter. Now let me be off. Dizzy. Mrs. Sullivan, are you all right? Oh, there, there be something in the air. Pain. Anger. I can feel it coming like a storm. Something's going on outside. Oh. Look, at the end of the wall, that ship crashed into the dock. The crew may need help. Come with me. The sails look as if they've been shredded by a giant claw, and the deck is covered in seaweed and barnacles. If I didn't know better, I'd say it'd been sitting at the bottom of the ocean. But... But where's the crew? I don't... I don't see anyone on board. There's no crew, gentlemen. That be a ghost ship. Thank you for listening to our excerpt of The Ghost Ship. Please feel free to check out our reward tiers and pledge today. Thank you in advance for your support. That's awesome. We got to hear more. Yeah, we're, we're going to definitely have to hear more. I love uh, how your stories are brought to life in your narrative. These are um, this is such a rich environment and such a rich opportunity for storytelling. Especially if you've um, ever been yeah, to Boston. Yeah, that's how come I just <laughs> keep like thinking, thinking of more. And uh-huh. I, I've had people ask, you know, well, where do you see, you know, Boston metaphysical ending? It's like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no is good. No, no will work. No. Yeah. Embrace the power of no. So um, no. when did... Uh, when did you get the idea that, uh, well, obviously you had the script that, that had been sort of kicking around since your college days, but, uh, when did you decide, oh, hey, I could revisit this. This is really close to what I needed. I want something I want to do. What you mean? Well, that's kind of funny because, um, Eddie Louise of Sage and Savant, she and I, uh, she did, you know, clockwork alchemy. We met through... Uh, a number of steampunk conventions and became friends 
and we were hanging out together at the Nebula convention a few years ago, you know, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And she like stopped me in the hallway and said, "You have to do an audio drama." Uh-huh. And I said, "Well, if I do one, you have to help because I don't know what I'm doing." And she went like, "Okay." And so uh-huh. when I finally got my act together to do this, you know, they were happy to come on board. That's great. Be my production team. Yeah. It's one of those serendipitous moments. You know, everybody doesn't like something, but nobody doesn't like serendipity. I kill you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's, you know, it's been really fun and it's, it's certainly a lot of fun working in a new medium and the different possibilities with it. Uh, and also producing the thing. I mean, I, I am the producer of the audio drama, so I handle all the mundane details of, you know, getting the, you know, I got all the, the casting announcements out, getting in all the, the audition reels, um, filtering them out until, until finalists, uh, you know, getting the contracts done, the lawyers done. We in, we actually incorporated this year because of this. Yeah. Wow! So, wow! Congratulations! Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So so my corporate name is Queen of Mercia LLC. <laughs> I like cool. It. Yeah. So yeah, if you see that, that's me, uh, Queen of Mercia, and so yeah, it just it. it took a lot more time than I thought it would, which was probably naive of me. But um, uh, it's good. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't realize how much a producer does until, you know, until you're in the middle of it. You used to, there was yeah. a, a saying in Hollywood uh, uh, 40 years ago, you know, back before the internet, <laughs> um, yeah, that uh, a producer's too be- uh, like a like a director uh, needs his camera and a, a writer needs his pen and a producer just needs a Xerox machine and the phone book. <laughs> yeah, except now it's you know you need the lawyers, you need PayPal so you can oh, pay yeah. your actors. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the definitely it was it was really tough when we got down to the like say the final three or final five of the actors of, of choosing. And, uh, we really, we got some terrific talent here. So, uh, I will be at New York comic con, uh, in Uh October, which of course it'll, that'll be passed. But, uh, by the time this airs, but two of my actors are actually going to be there with me to, to do a little sales. I've got postcards and all sorts of fun things for marketing stuff for them to use. But, uh, the woman who plays Caitlin, her, her name's Emily S.A. Snyder, and she just does a marvelous job. She just has that sparkle in her voice that you would expect Caitlin to have. Oh, that's great. Oh, I can hardly. And, and, uh, Ryan Philbrook, who, who plays Samuel is, the you know the terse kind of smart ass guy you expect him to be, and you know and Granville is just you know Mister you know very tight you know buttoned up and mm-hmm. <laughs> and forever the gentleman. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, 
Let's see. How do I approach this one? Tactfully? <laughs> Tactfully. No, I, I was going to say, uh, uh, so far, what has been your greatest challenge uh, producing this thing? Um... Or is it, has it all been sort of a homogenous wash of, of anguish and pain? <laughs> uh, I mean, fortunately, you know, I have a background in, in marketing and office management and things like that. So I sort of, you know, came with the skill sets of how to handle the contracts and the paperwork and, and the administrative stuff that goes with it. So. I mean, it, it's not difficult. It's just time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but probably the toughest was selecting the cast because we just got so many great um, auditions in that to pick one was, you know, it was it was really hard. It was, it was really hard. But but we did good. We got the right ones. So uh, you were dealing with. Um Oh, and suddenly our audio dropped again. What's going on here? Check, check. No, hello. Mine's. I'm getting a. I'm getting a waveform, but I'm not hearing anything. I think it's the headphones again. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the headphones again. Okay, you've got to turn the slider down because it's the headphones, not the. Yeah. Yeah, not. Because you don't want in the middle of the show everything suddenly going loud. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, Oh, my mic just fell off. Your mic just fell off, didn't it? Oh, boy. Uh, (sighs) Do you want to use my mic and wrap this up sooner than later? Because this is... Yeah, there we go. Sorry about that. You can snuggle. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, um, uh, I was going to say, I was going to ask, uh, you probably are having to deal with the with the actors union uh, sag on this is that mm, why would she no this isn't, it's, this it's isn't a, TV a, radio. a non-union it's oh, a it's non-union a, it's all non-union budget. well yeah. that gets that gets around it cuz it's uh i was looking at uh i was doing um the the audio drama i was working on uh, suddenly got weird because uh a couple of the actors we had used became members of SAG, and 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 uh, I either I would either have to tool up and learn how to deal with the unions or recast them, and, and uh, I never really got over that hurdle. So it may be time. Yeah, it, I might be. Yeah, you know, time to recast it because uh, I mean we got a lot of of. Uh, great auditions but only the the really really good ones were all union members well there's a reason they went pro you know because they're good because they're really good well we'll figure that out um if we're looking at a long industry strike and in you know to you know Excuse me. If we're looking at a long industry strike, uh, because at at, uh, recording time, the uh, IATSE vote was was still imminent, um, we may be, you know, it may be up to audio dramas like this one to keep us entertained. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also, and 
correct me if I'm wrong on this or someone else can, uh, for low-budget projects, I believe you can get a SAG waiver. You can. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. It costs money. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Well, no, it, it's not supposed to. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think it it's supposed to. Yeah, I looked it up, but... Uh, uh, I don't think any of it applied to us because we're not TV and we're not terrestrial radio. So. No, there is a special carve-out for radio actors. We're not terrestrial radio. Uh, and we're not, And we don't come out of the U.S., Huh. I don't think that made a difference. Well, we'll sort that out. This, this is oh, that's this true. Is not part we don't of the U.S. <laughs> this, <laughs> is, this is not part of part of uh, Boston metaphysical. Right. That's and true. It's not Boston, and it's not metaphysical. So you have uh, you've let's see. Apart from the web comic and this new audio project, you have. Uh, I remember you were going to write a book. Uh, is that one done, or or is it still in the works? The uh, the first novel in the trilogy is done. It is it is done. Oh, but cool. I wanted to I wanted to f- actually finish all of it, all three books, and then more than likely I'll take it to Kickstarter. And I already have an artist in mind to do you know like the book box and the cover. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I really love his work. I think it just spoke to me, and hopefully, he's affordable and available when I, <laughs> yeah, when I need him. Yeah, that's that's but, always the that that was the the same problem we had with our production was that uh, we found great people, and then they sort of advanced out of our reach, and we could no longer use them. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's like when I hired Louisa Pressler to do the cover of uh, A Storm of Secrets which is this amazing cover. Oh yeah. She, that was very expensive, but it, it paid off, you know, it paid off in spades. So sometimes it's worth making that, that initial investment, um, particularly in a book cover and, you know, and making something look beautiful. Yeah. Uh huh. So you've been all over, uh, you've been all over the country with, uh, With Boston Metaphysical, uh, prior to the pandemic, you were just going nuts. It's like <laughs> how many how many uh, conventions a year? Like eight or nine a year? And then suddenly, uh, at like least, a bug yeah. in a bottle, at going, least. "Get me out!" <laughs> <laughs> so how many how many have you? I take it you haven't have been uh, severely curtailing your activities over the past year and a half because uh, of the pandemic. My- First con in a year and a half was uh, Silicon Valley. Mm. About oh, yeah. a month ago. Uh-huh. That was supposed to and be good. And then it's been nonstop since then. I went from Silicon Valley to Boston, to Fan Expo Boston, was home for a day, and then we left for Portland for Rose City. And then I was back for a week and a half, and now I'm leaving for uh, Gaslight Expo uh, day after tomorrow, and then I'm back for two days, and then I go to New York Comic Con. Life from a suitcase. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty brutal. And then I signed up. I'm not sure if, if they've accepted my application. Is the uh, San Diego Limited over Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. But whether or not I'm in small press or not, I'm still going to be there because my husband has a has a panel. So. Oh yeah. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. What's what's your husband's panel going to be on? 
What's he doing? It's called No Tow Trucks Beyond Mars. <laughs> Hey. I love that. Hey. I, mean, I thought that was kind of some of the premise of, of Halfway Home. Is no, no. Truckers no. and miners. And no, that's, that's no, fine. No, this this is a – he's at JPL, so he, he brings in a bunch of rocket scientists, and oh. they talk about stuff behind the scenes at JPL, and it's it's educational and also really a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds neat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm going to be editing. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be at LostCon the same weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think we're, we're going a, to LostCon. Yeah, we're going to LostCon. Um, that which is like the old book fogies and scientists, and it's like all vaccinated all the time, no messing around. <laughs> uh, Gregory Benford is the guest of honor, and and I look and oh, he's that's always great. yeah he's he's always a lot of fun. He's a great speaker. Oh yeah, he's he's a brilliant speaker. I, there was um, some sort of. Uh, some sort of flap about him, I think, a couple of years back. But he was—he was—he was an interrupter and got got himself removed from the convention, then, ah. basically. And well, I guess this is as That's good a, as an apology gets, considering he, he was. All our guests of honor were were honored last year and the virtual convention, and just held over for the real mm-hmm. convention this time. Yeah, well, you know, guest of honor. What do you do if your convention's virtual? You can't. You know, well, free we can, membership. So what? It's virtual. Well, yeah, but we say nice things about them <laughs> yeah. and we point them up and we give them extra time to talk about whatever they want to talk about. That's true. So, do you have uh, any time to uh, any time to uh, refill the well in between all these conventions? You know, what do you do? No, to... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. She'll have Christmas, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I think we're going to take a few days off after uh, after San Diego after Thanksgiving, just because we're already going to be down there. So we'll just stay and go play and see friends and and things like that. Plus, it's not that far from from home, so it's not a big drive. But yeah, it's just it's all a, a lot of work, and definitely I've I've bitten off more than I can chew. So <laughs> I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out ways of how to get some help or a PA or, or something to start picking up some stuff that, you know, just eats away my time so I can go be creative. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that one. I, <laughs> I just, I go, uh, some, sometimes uh, running the station is just maddening. And I, I've finally got uh, some, a couple of other of our, our staffers to like help carry the load and and it's been a transformative experience let me tell you just i can finally start thinking about where i'm where we're where the ship is going instead of just oh my god are we going to hit the rocks in the next 15 minutes well you know you have to have somebody to steer the ship and not just live in a lifeboat yeah exactly and it takes a village yeah because you know, not only is that going on, but I don't know if you you saw on, online that I'm doing a story for Lady Mechanica. Oh yeah! Oh, wow, got to see that. Yeah, that that probably won't be in production till next year because cause Joe has a lot on his plate. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be working on it. Yeah, that's yeah. We got a uh, station ID from him. I think like three or four years ago. <laughs> yeah, he's great. 
He's he's a very nice man. And, yeah, and his editor Marsha Chan. They're 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 great. I'm trying to remember his last name. My God, Benitz. Uh, huh? Benitz. Benitz. Joe Benitz. Oh, Joe Benitz. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So there's lots going on. But the main thing now is for everyone to go to kickstarter.com and pledge to the Boston Metaphysical Society, the ghost ship audio drama. We are so looking forward to that uh, on, on so many levels. I want to hear I want to hear it, first of all. But I'm looking forward to the chance to maybe working out some way of broadcasting it, because that would be awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Event Horizon here on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's been great to have you back. And thank you once again for having me on the show. Absolutely. You have been listening to episode 227 of Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for Saturday, October 23rd, 2021. Our guest this evening has been, once again, Madeline Holly-Rosing, the creator and scriptwriter of the new Boston metaphysical audio drama now on Kickstarter called Ghost Ship. This episode will air again on October 24th, 2021 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-Fi.Radio is listener-supported Sci-Fi Geek Culture Radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to please visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. Give the gift of geek music to your friends by helping support the world's only full-time sci-fi fandom radio station. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2021 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>